0: Welcome to episode two of our second season. We continue to look at uh, 1 John chapter four. This is Staff Minister Matthew Werner along with Pastor Jensen coming to you from Grace Lutheran Church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and really excited to get a chance to continue uh, to dig into this section of scripture. Today we get a chance to really see God's love and have it described for us in some special ways. And I look forward to getting a chance to discuss that. We'll be looking at verses 7 through 21 of chapter 4. We begin with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. John writes in the way that we've grown accustomed to him writing in this, in this spiral where he continues to emphasize this topic in such a, such a profound way as he continues to come back on this topic of love and help us to understand that topic in a very clear way he makes a, a very profound statement. He says, God is love. And that's a statement that you hear it and you almost have to do a double take because you have to stop and realize that John is not saying God is loving or God demonstrates love, but instead he takes that all a step further and he says, God is love. When you hear that, what does that mean
1: to you? You know, and I wonder what you kind of suggest to you. I wonder if we often hear those words, "God's love, and we just immediately think, God loves or God is loving but to realize that no what God is saying there is that is his being that is who he is. not a characteristic in that okay he does his action or that you can describe him this way, but that is him. When you think of God that is there's love, nothing else. well okay, he has other characteristics too but, that is always part of him. It. It's not that he
0: sometimes displays love. He is love. Absolute. And I think that reading over that and our understanding of what earthly love flaws and corrupts this, as we don't get to experience perfect love from our families, from our spouses, from our friends, all of that love is flawed. And so when we hear that, it, it gets flawed by that imperfect definition of love. Yeah, you think of love as something that
1: someone sometimes shows. Or it's an attitude mm-hmm. towards that person, but that attitude doesn't always come through. Or the attitude, it may it may always be there, but they may not always be reflecting it at that time. You may not always feel it. Well, I mean, that oftentimes is looking at us and things. But realize with God, no, he is love. It never, doesn't change. God does not change.
0: And what a what a refreshing thing that is that phrase i think is one that so many people pick at Mm -hmm. and it really bothers them to hear god is love and i i really honestly believe that this phrase is one of the most attacked phrases in all of scripture one that people latch on to and whenever anything bad goes on and they know about your faith they'll point at you and say you mean your god is loving and this happened you mean your god is love and this happened why do you think that people point their finger at that and hate that so much? You know, when you think about that situation, something bad's happening, they don't feel
1: loved. They don't feel love because love looks a certain way for them. And it's almost that people have defined love for themselves. This is what love is. This Love looks like this in my life. Love means this doesn't happen in my life. And okay, if you're talking about things that happen and things maybe out of people's control, well, God is in control, but that wouldn't look like love from God. And so it almost seems as if you say God is love, but this is happening; he's taking something away from you. That's not loving, is it?
0: One of the things that you said really jumps out to me as just showing and very concrete example of how the wisdom of scripture is so much different from the wisdom of the world and the example that i think of is really that idea of defining love is something that this is encouraged this is something that people are looking for defining their own love uh, finding that in their own ways and that is something that When I just say that, honestly, to me, it sounds like, oh yeah, I probably read or heard that advice somewhere before, but yet we see that that's not at all the kind of love that's being described here from the pages of scripture.
1: Yeah, the love that's described here is what God is doing. It's not what we are finding. It's not, okay, we have this quest for this is what love would be in our life, and so now you're going to seek it out. It's not what God is doing in seeking out in his acting. And it's a very different love. It doesn't always look like what you'd say is a picture of love. And maybe that comes right there too. Okay, this Jesus, God says right here, this is love. That he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Probably not the picture that someone would paint in their life. That's what love looks like. You have someone dying. But that's love.
0: that picture that you point out there is one that is so special when you look at verse 10 of this text it it points out this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins that word atoning just pointing to the fact that there is this this gap between us and God this separation and pointing to the fact that Jesus is is that bridge he is the one that Makes it possible for us to approach God to have the relationship that we do with Him.
1: And maybe that's another point as to why you, there might be skepticism, might be pushback on this truth statement here of God is love. Well, it might seem like it's taking away from people God's love, but that means we are not. And, you know, it's emphasized that, okay, the fact that He sent us on as atoning sacrifice, that we needed His sacrifice, that it to. Take away our sins because we are not love. I mean, even that, not that we loved God. It wasn't because of our love. And so often people like to look at and realize, okay, you know, I'm showing love. I'm doing these things. Well, this maybe is a little pierce to our
0: own pride. God is love, not you. And I think that that, that is a, a statement and a phrase that it doesn't feel incredibly good to, to hear that. It's something that does remind us that, yes, our, our love is flawed. And I think that so often we might think that we are doing a really good job at loving. And on our own, we can't do that. And I think that's something that's really important to understand is that this this kind of love cannot flow naturally from our hearts.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, what God is just- i we'll emphasize later in a few passages, whoever lives in love. He, does, he doesn't say you don't love. He doesn't say that. You live in love because you're living in God. You have to have God's love for you. His love is
0: now what flows in your life to love. And I think that's such an important distinction to make that Yes, it is possible, but it's possible because of God living inside of us. And, and that's, that's exactly what we want to come away thinking. Not that, okay, I, it's impossible for me to ever love, but instead to know that, yes, no matter who you are, no matter what it is, it is possible because of God.
1: And to recognize in that possibility, you now this is not what we the mountain we're trying to climb of, okay, we achieved this now. No, it's we recognize that this is something we are able to do that we simply do because of God's love for us, what he has given us. And that may be the contrast there. Um, The statement, God is love. You know, if there's pushback, if you look at that, you might think, oh, well, it's taking something away because look at my life, it doesn't seem like there's love. Um, God says things that we can or can't do. Okay, that's not letting me define what's loving and what's not. And we'll realize that, oh, God's really actually just giving in love. What took it away, that's that's sin. God is giving. And here, he's not just giving love. The love that gives his son is
0: the love that gives himself to live in us. And that's definitely a, a statement that we, we want to attack a little bit later, just that idea of God living inside of us. I think that's something that we can marvel at and wonder about. But before we get there, I want to think a little bit about how often I believe that we hear that that skepticism Um, Maybe some advice as to how then, if people are so skeptical of God's love, so skeptical of who he is, then how do we point people to God's love?
1: Yeah, and people can be skeptical for so many different reasons. And that's maybe the first thing. Okay, you have to identify what are they skeptical about? Why are they against this idea
0: of God's love? Why do they have bad blood towards it? And that, just that, starting with that heart though, that is, that is that heart of love as Christians that we need to have that it's not just saying, well, if I go over to someone and I beat them over the head with John 3.16, that's what needs to take place. But you're starting with trying to understand them out of love and care.
1: Yeah, no, this is like John 3.16, gospel in a nutshell, that doesn't mean it's the gospel for every occasion. And, yeah. and so to think, okay, maybe let's think with some of those snares then that someone would be skeptical And I think maybe the natural one that comes to our minds might be first, okay, they don't feel loved by God because of the difficulty, because of the suffering in their life, whatever it be. Whether it be, you know, just in a broad sense, whether it be they lost a loved one who's died, whether it be financial, hard anything. That they just feel, you know, if God really loved me, I wouldn't be in this scenario right now. Okay, so now it's then looking at What do they need to hear? What do they need to hear? And it's simply a reminder that God's love for them has never promised there would not be hardship. That's an important reminder. That God's love for them is not conquered by these hardships. That God uses these things for his purpose. Now, might we never on this side of glory know exactly why? Why did God allow them my life? There are a lot of things that probably is going to be the case for. But to look back to his love there, to simply proclaim that truth, well, look how much love is is that something that doesn't look like it's really that good, his son hanging on a cross. Well, look at the love there, a love not just for you, but love for the whole world there, but then personally also for you. So that's maybe one guidance there. Okay, when someone sees a lot of bad things happening, that's not saying God doesn't love you. No, in fact, he's going to use these things because he loves you.
0: I think uh, another example that's probably worth taking a look at is just the, I guess I call it like a, a news syndrome. So you take in a lot of news, and so much of what our networks here in the United States report on is all of the catastrophes, all of the hardships that are going on. And so you turn them on and it's maybe not quite as personal, but yet it's still this look to say, well, this laundry list, this half an hour, just almost um, highlight show of what's going bad in the world. And you look at that and you say, it leaves me feeling awful. How can there be a loving God if all this is going on in his world?
1: Yeah, you get all those headlines in front or video clips and it's just like, wow, it's really bad. It's really, but then, you know, okay, to really ask ourselves, if we say, how, you know, how is God loving? It's almost realizing, too, you just accuse God there. You just accuse God of saying that he brought this stuff because he didn't love. And really, and then maybe it's also, he allows it, but what's the cause of all these things? The cause of all these things, all these, all this death, all this danger, all this destruction, it's sin. And what did God do? about sin. We see it right here. This is love. He loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. God is loving. And let's not get bored of the answer, right? (laughs) Yeah, no. Just because you've heard it many times before, first off, does not take away the truth of it. Perhaps we just need to reflect on it a little more and not just say, oh, I've heard it. Well, Look what it means.
0: And, it, and when you look at what it means, I think that's where you can draw out those, those other things and see, yeah, it means these things for these situations that are going on right now in my life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Applying saying, right, what's going on in my life now? What does God say here about his love? Well, that's what he's saying about his love for me right now. Yeah, maybe you know another scenario. Okay, we talked about the skepticism that can come. Well, God is loving. Well, if God really is loving... He wouldn't set up all these rules. He wouldn't have commands. He would not tell people no. He would not send people to hell. And to look there and say, okay, what does that person need now here? How do you show the love of God to them in that scenario? And it's almost one of those things. Now it's very different than the person who's questioning whether God's love is present because of all the badness. This person is almost saying, that God, by what he says here, couldn't be loving.
0: And you see that kind of universal, well, everyone, everyone should, everything's okay. Everything is fine. Um, and I think that's misconstruing this too. I think the situation that you mentioned that that um, need to make people aware of, of the law is something that mm-hmm. is is a different kind of love. And it's something that, um, we, we do this. And I think that that's, that's helpful to to realize that, yeah, this happens in, in our own lives, that this is something as humans that we show love in showing the law to. Um, I think about this with, I think parents is, is maybe parenting is one of the better examples of children, not understanding the consequences of doing something. And so if I just say, well, my kids can play out in the street, Uh, okay. Family services is going to get called on me, and rightfully so, right? Because they're going to get run over, and they have no idea um, what that exactly means. I don't feel great about having to be compared to a child who doesn't understand that being um, that it's dangerous to be in a street, but there, that's the comparison that's being made here, um, is that, yeah, there are times when I am that child, and I need God to intervene and to remind me of these things, and it's not always fun. And the message of the law is always given
1: to be able to bring the message of the gospel, the love. I mean, you proclaim the law in order to give love, of warning of the danger, but then also so that from that message you can turn to the love of the gospel. You see that really too. I mean, there is law here that God says he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. There's law in that, that, oh, there was something that needed to be atoned for. There's an offering that had to be given of the Son of God. But why the law? Because of the love that's being given of giving His Son. Not taking away, oh, you can't do this, you can't. No, when God's law says don't do or do, it's because of love to keep us from the danger of destruction, of being hit in the street, of being hit by our sins, and then recognizing, okay, yeah, we have the sins to then proclaim the gospel that love of God has taken away those sins
0: another way that God illustrates his love so clearly in these verses gets repeated a few times he tells us God God lives in us and his love is made complete in us he tells us if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God God lives in them and they in God and and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We, we look at those verses and we see this idea of God indwelling, God being inside of us. And it's one that, it's, it, seems, it seems a little odd. We don't always talk about this idea of God being inside of us, um, God living inside of us. And I think we get to see some of God's love um, in the fact that this is what he tells us, that he lives inside of us. And when we think of that living inside of us, I guess, how should we think about that? Yeah,
1: I think, you know, you want to find yourself on the balance there of, okay, from obviously what God's Word says, you're not thinking that, okay, now you have some sort of special powers. That's not what God is saying. It's not that you're going to have now, so you are gonna wake up in the morning and you're just going to feel like a completely different person. Okay, God doesn't say that either. Often God's work in this way is quite invisible as far as, you know, what we on a daily basis may seem to sense. But he's there, and maybe it's the the key there, too, that you recognize God's love isn't just that he gave his son for us. He gives himself to us to dwell with us, in us. And so that the love that pours out of us, that's coming from his love in us as he lives in us, that that is evidence right there of God dwelling you don't have to look, oh, I feel different today. You see, oh, yeah, God has been moving me to show love. Well, it's because he lives in you. He has given you new life through his love, a new life of forgiveness, a new life in faith he's created. Now, in this faith, he continues to live.
0: I like the way that you pointed out that this is something that is invisible, that is not always something that we feel extremely emotional about. But at the same time, it, I think is something that's special and something that is unique, a blessing of being a part of a community of believers to recognize that at the same time that this is invisible and I can't take an x-ray of myself and show you God inside of me, yet at the same time, I can talk to you about evidence of God's love, evidence of God living inside of people. Um, you kind of, I think, have a unique perspective on this in that you get a chance to interact with the believers at Grace Luther Church and other believers. Um, how, how is it that you see that evidence of God's love? You
1: know, you see it through things that people really probably don't even notice. And it's, you know, see the love shining through that as someone loses a loved one, a spouse, a family member, that God's love shines through their fellow Christians around them to call them to come to the funeral support. Maybe they may say nothing, silently, but being there and showing love, it's through donations of time as, you know, whether it is a regular thing that just simply needs to be done as part of the work at church or as part of things in their home, that, you know, they give it to. And it's not, once again, not something they necessarily focus on, but, you know, this this helps, okay? And as it helps not only others so that a burden doesn't fall on them, as it helps in serving in that way, sometimes it also helps specifically to the proclamation of the gospel, to the proclamation of God's love. Not that they're ever necessarily going to, in that situation, speak those words, but they're supporting, it. and that's the love of God
0: coming through. That's an awesome thing to be able to share just because it, it does continue to reinforce that idea that this is something that you can see, um, that there is evidence of this. Um, and I think that, that that's a powerful thing to understand. And I think it's also powerful to just grasp that idea that faith is, is tangible. It's something that, that you can see through action.
1: And I mean, that flows right with what God said there, too. I mean, we also ought to love one another. That. We love one another. God lives in us. His love is made complete in us. It The love that God gives us is not just a love that he gives to now, okay, sit in us, but a love that he gives us to now serve with.
0: And that that passage that you highlighted there, the um, God's love being made complete in us, I think that is something, too, that allows us to treasure that time that we get to spend with our, our fellow believers, um, that just think of that that promise that he makes there and it, it is a promise his love is made complete in us if we love one another that's something that that speaks to how special that is and those things that you mentioned it's so easy to overlook them as just saying ah oh, they were just putting in a little bit of time or effort you know they showed up at the funeral but instead to acknowledge that is no this is god's love being made complete in us that's special that is an awesome promise that god has given to us and it's mm-hmm. something that we can we can cling to
1: or just take that for granted.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now how God gives us a promise, it's going to happen, but we
1: should appreciate it and thank him for it.
0: John illustrates even more power, the, the, the power of love. And he does that in, in verse 18 with just a really special verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's something that, We, we see the words, but I think it's really helpful to kind of talk through how is it that love drives out fear?
1: And I think the first thing is to look at fear and to recognize when you're afraid, it's because you're vulnerable about something. Vulnerable because of something you've done. Now you think that some sort of consequence, some sort of judgment's going to come to you or vulnerable just because of the surround situation surrounding you that you feel helpless. That you're in danger. And what does God say? Perfect love dries out fear because, with perfect love, love, it doesn't matter how vulnerable you are. It's not going to abuse your vulnerability, it's not going to misuse it, take advantage of it. In fact, it's more than just what it's not going to do, it's as it says it dries it out because it's going to seek to uplift you. From whatever way you're vulnerable to help you to restore you. And so you think about, okay, perfect love drives out fear. I you know, I think one of the most natural relationships to look at here, before we look at God, who's specifically is saying is to look at a human one, and that's of marriage. Okay. Perhaps what God, you know, as what God gave as a gift to be the closest relationship among human beings between a man and a wife, and you're vulnerable. That's, you know, that's how you do grow in love. Love does let yourself be vulnerable to another, but that it's not going to be, you're not going to be judged for what you say, for how you act, even for the wrong you've done. That's what perfect love does. Now, Marriage, we're sinful human beings. We don't always express this perfect love. In fact, we never will perfectly express it. And sometimes that might be the problems when the marriages are experiencing struggles, that, okay, we aren't showing love here, that the fear is not being driven over, the fear is increasing. But then to think, okay, to take this and realize this is what God's saying about perfect love, and that's his love. That's his love that he does not judge you when you bring your sins to him, what does he say? He says, I forgive you for them because of the love of giving his son. That he doesn't look upon you because of your habits or because of your hobbies or things like that and draw any sort of no, no matter how, how vulnerable you are, he doesn't look at your situation in life and how much help you need. That's what he's there for. And you know, and that's, I think that's where the real comfort is. It's what we seek to try to reflect in relationships, loving one another. It's what I know as you know, pastor, staff, ministers. That's what we, you know, are seeking to give, and that's okay when p- people come, please, and in- come express this love to drive out fear. That to give what's best, because this is what God does.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly comforting to to be able to think of that love in that way. Um, one of the things that he talked about it, but to, to name it, I guess, is to think of that guilt, um, that I think leads to fear at times. We know who we are, we know what we've done. And yet this love that Christ has for us, that, that drives that out, that fear. And it goes back to, that's the way that you can bring this to one another, that you can express it is when that love okay. is real. And I think that's the key point. So thinking, how do we express this, in our relationships?
1: It always finds itself in forgiveness. Because without that, there's always going to be fear of some sort. And so it's always bringing the love of God into our relationships with
0: one another. Uh, with, with that thought, that, that I think gives us a, a really good takeaway point. Um, to, to think about those different relationships that we have. Um, to think about those relationships that maybe there has been. Um, a lack of forgiveness, a lack of love that's mm-hmm. been shown and, and to think about how we can now show that love, how we can live this love, how we can drive fear out of those relationships that we have. Um, and that's my encouragement to you over the next week is to, to think about those relationships, to pray about them, and to take the opportunity that you do have to be able to show that love um, and to, to be able to show that, yeah, there's no fear in this, uh, to think about that love that Christ has shown for you and to be able to reflect that love on those around you.
1: Thank you for joining us this time and we hope you can join us next time as we start 1 John chapter 5 getting a look at what it means to be born of God and believing.